You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filter conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Thanks for being here, and I hope you're having an incredible day or night, wherever you are, whenever you are. And I didn't know I was making like that my intro. I thought this was going to be a little bit more free-flowing, but here we are. In any case, so happy to have you here, um, first of all. And I'm really, really ecstatic to be sharing this episode because I get to sit down with my dear friend, Mr. Byron James. Now, Byron is a friend of mine that goes, we go way back um, to San Francisco, California, which is where we met in acting class seven years ago. And since then, I have watched Byron grow so much as a person and from an actor to also being a phenomenal writer, which he always was a writer, but being a writer who is now repped by major agencies and things like that. And, um, being part of the voice that is emerging out of uh, people of color and out of this generation of this this particular like sensibility and this mindset, it's really, really wonderful to see him blossom as an artist. Um, and so in this conversation, we had actually had intended to really kind of talk exclusively about dating and then his career, obviously getting to know what it's like to be black in Hollywood and to have dealt with interracial relationships because he dated a Korean girl and I'm Korean American. I was like, oh my God, like we need to talk about that. So we do cover all that, but um, just, you know, a heads up that we are releasing this particular episode in the aftermath of some really, really hard, horrible, sadly very common incidences in the United States. Uh, We're on the heels of back-to-back mass shootings, which in this beautiful and ridiculous, horrendous country right now has become such a common thing. Um, One week after another mass shooting that happened in Gilroy, which is right, you know, right at the Bay Area, south of the Bay Area, which is where Byron and I are from. And so there's definitely this recognition of hardship and pain and anger and rage and apathy and numbness and just feeling kind of hopeless but feeling motivated and just a whole mix of feelings that I feel like people have been going through repeatedly with this with this heinous behavior and this heinous trend that keeps emerging um, and what kind of conversations are happening around that. So while, you know, this episode is not primarily focused on you know, gun violence, it really kind of goes much deeper into the layers beyond that because as we are trying to figure out how to address these problems that seem in a way much bigger in scope than something we could ever tackle as an individual, the only thing that it comes back down to is how can we how can we handle ourselves? How can we address problems within our own within our own hearts and within our own souls and within our own rage and anger and 
potentially like our own problematic behavior, our own um, tendency to run in fear or avoiding responsibility. And it just became a conversation about difficult conversations, you know. Um, And I just appreciate Byron so much for being this person that I got to sit down with. Literally the day, I mean, the day that I woke up to the Dayton, Ohio uh, shooting. And man, I'm telling you, like, there's already so much on my mind, as you guys probably are familiar with at this point in the podcast. But to... We all are dealing with a lot in regular life, you know? And the fact that this is becoming a part of regular life, I don't know how much a person's mind or heart or soul can bear before it gets to be too much. And I feel like we've been rapidly approaching that point. We've been flirting with that. We've been in that that muddy, weird, foggy area for quite a while. And so, um, ironically, it happened to be the day that I was going to sit down with Byron. And I'm just so grateful that I got to sit with him and have him share his you know, very eloquent and insightful mind on all these different problems that we're facing and how to address them and how we've personally dealt with them and share some stories and um, words of advice for each other, for ourselves, and then for anybody else who cares to listen. So yeah, uh, we go deep, we go far, and I'm just really glad I got to talk to Byron about this. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. And at the end of the day, you know, wherever you are at, Maybe you're not feeling as dark as the next person, and maybe you're not feeling as lost as the next person, but we all do not live in a vacuum. We are all in a community of other human beings, and we are part of a greater society, and I hope that we can take whatever good that we can out of this, whether it is channeling that rage into action, into something that is purposeful and intentional to heal and to create change that will actually protect us instead of harm us, or whether it's just to be a listening ear to somebody else who's really, really struggling and hopefully in doing that can prevent further destruction in some form. You know, we can all do our part. And the point of this conversation is not to... You know, not to clown on anybody or to condemn anybody, but to take responsibility for our own lives and our own actions and our behavior and to take a step back and see, you know, again, larger pictures and larger problems are addressed by little micro movements, one thing at a time, one thought at a time, um, one relationship at a time. So I hope that this episode leaves you with something good, something encouraging and something meaningful. Um I laughed a lot in this episode too. Byron's a funny guy and uh, we get to talk about it a lot. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. And if you do and you find that it's helpful to you or to somebody else, it could be, hope that you do share it. Um, feel free to hit me up. You can follow me at Minjeezy or at First of All Pod. DM me. You can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts, um, any questions you might have. I'm happy to hear from you and thank you so much to everybody who's been so supportive of the podcast and creating this space where we can be real with one another to be vulnerable and to grow because that's that's all we can ask for right well without further ado i hope that you enjoy this conversation on difficult conversations with byron james enjoy welcome to the space. Welcome to the podcast, Byron. Thanks for having me, Minji. How, how are going? you doing? I'm I'm good. I, you know, can't complain. You know, it's good weather down here. Trying not to melt. 
I'm I tried. <laughs> Good luck. Right. But you're out like by the ocean too. I know, right? Beautiful so, surroundings. You know, can't you, you got to take the good with the bad, you know? Well, we have been. It's been funny. I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I, when we were chatting the other day, mm-hmm. I was realizing that I've, I've known you for seven years now. Yeah, right. It's, that's crazy. Like literally, time flies. Like I mean, it feels like yesterday we were just um, rehearsing. Or my cousin Vinny. In, my cousin Vinny. In, in Beverly Hills Playhouse up in San Francisco. Out in the cold. Out like, in the cold. I, I'm missing San Francisco <laughs> so hard right now. Oh, I know, man. The breeze, all of Never it. Never went above like 65, <laughs> if ever. Maybe on rare occasions. Yeah, no, right. those were good times. And mm-hmm. I'm getting really nostalgic just because like everybody, mm-hmm. our friends are doing great things. You're doing great things. Oh, thank you. As are you. You know, trying. well, you know, <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're trying. The grind is real, but I think the the best thing that has come from uh, that group that we had up in in the bay is the fact that everybody does work hard, and they and you can see the work really, or you can see the fruits of that work really starting to blossom now. And I think that's that's really special for so, sure. Yeah, it was a very different environment. I feel like because there was a genuine sense of I want you to succeed, mm-hmm. and I, like that's. Mm-hmm. Hard to come by, apparently. I feel like yeah. we're a little spoiled in that way because then mm. you get around other people where they're not necessarily rooting for you. Of course, yeah. And I think, I think one of the big things up in the Bay Area, in you know, and when you're talking about in relationship to the entertainment industry um, and how it translates to LA, in the Bay, you kind of have this um, this safe space uh, to kind of fall and to kind of really learn how to become a professional. Um, actor or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So you learn how to hustle. You learn how to get to auditions, how to balance work and having an agent and all that type of stuff. And so I equate that to like sports, you know, mm-hmm. college basketball, college football, something uh, like you're that. You're a total athlete. <laughs> yeah. So I have, you know, I have That's to. That's not my world. And but. So, no, but but in terms of, of what we do, it's like you you are like the Bay Area is like college and then LA is the pro, the pro game. And sure. so with when you trained. get yeah when you get when you get to LA and I think for us we kind of just we went from that kind of college level or or that grooming process in the bay to then when we got down here yeah it was difficult and it still is difficult but it it allowed for I feel like a easier transition and um even when we get knocked on our our face or our asses or whatever it is we're able to really figure it out quickly and and maneuver in a way that's beneficial towards progressing you right know? and Instead i think yeah stuff yeah like yeah getting, like getting yeah. too discouraged for too long exactly right exactly no but i i i have a lot of uh, appreciation for for that and i mm-hmm. think that it's it's a testament to your environment does like influence and shape you of course and um, you got to seek out those people that are rooting for you because yeah. it, a- any situation like a lot of the things that i talk about on first of all mm-hmm. is first of all, it, first of all. It, it's that there's no arena in life that is mm-hmm. you cannot expect to go simply or easily. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And not to make things worse than what they are, mm-hmm. but growth is mad uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it is challenging for so many different reasons and ways. Yeah. So I love just kicking it off with some appreciation because sometimes I get really I get really down on myself mm. or just like disillusioned yeah. or whatever. And so yeah. it's good to have like my friends around of and course. Pep, pep talk that through. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's good to always have the, you know, sounding boards and then people you can just vent to because there's so many peaks and valleys in life in general. But when you try to do that here, I mean it's another level. And uh the 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 real kind of isolation of it comes from the fact that you can't 
communicate what you're going through to anybody outside of this kind of bubble that is Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You can't explain to your parents, even friends you may have grown up with, exactly what you're going through. Um, Because quite honestly, they won't understand and they're probably not that interested because they never would understand. And, and so a lot of times it just leaves us to kind of milk our own frustrations. And, and, you know, sometimes we don't realize that we have people within, you know, the, our circles, our friends and stuff right. down here that are rooting for us, going through the same stuff that we could always, you know, help each other up when we need that, for sure. that lift. So, yeah. Well, speaking of bubbles, it's mm-hmm. funny because we were just like, you were helping me with like, full disclosure, Byron's here because he was helping me with my artistic journey uh, and uh, helping me with some, with some auditions, which was, it was so much fun to like act yeah, with you right? again. And she killed it, by the way. I, she I, she I killed it. When so. I will see when I go see the, the tape again. Uh, we'll they, they, they better recognize talent. That's what I, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> what needs to happen or they need to be fired we'll see well maybe it's not right for the part but we're, we're like reflecting on you know our mm-hmm. roots and stuff and you come from the midwest mm-hmm. and everything and like just everybody can be totally in their bubbles again mm-hmm. like whether it's the hollywood mm-hmm. bubble or the midwest bubble or yeah. you know the black bubble or the yeah, asian, asian bubble, bubble we're, yeah. we're all in our little we're in our worlds right and that's mm-hmm. not even like a fault i'd say i think it's just natural it happens yeah. because it, it yeah it is you're only just in your that's that's what you know that's what you that's what you're around and um, I think, yeah, you you uh, you don't realize a lot of times what is outside of that because that really is all you see in your uh, immediate kind of future or your immediate distance or your peripherals or whatever it is. It's it's what you you're surrounded by, and so I think kind of getting out of that and and realizing that there's so many more possibilities to what you can achieve and, and, and obtain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that realization is is something that's key to growth, to moving forward. And um, yeah, um, having some type of fulfillment in your life, you know? Perspective so. helps a lot. I yeah, mean, yeah, definitely. I, I legit remember our first rehearsal because I went to your house. Was that in Richmond? Yeah, it was in Richmond. It was I, in the rich. It was in the rich. <laughs> and I remember just because like... You mm-hmm. were from, you know, I was getting to know you. Yeah, I was yeah. brand new to the class. Mm-hmm. It was my very first scene. Mm-hmm. So I was so intimidated for so many different reasons. But oh, I remember, yeah. like, you were so nice. And I think your mom was home. Yeah, yeah. She was so nice. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. like, you know, it's just, like, uh, going out of our comfort zones. I'm, mm-hmm. like, in this new acting school. I don't know what mm-hmm. the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and I don't know what to become of this, uh, you know, because yeah. this is such a serious school full mm-hmm. of hardcore professional actors. <laughs> but when I went to your house, I was so, you know, just like, I felt so welcomed. Mm-hmm. And it helped take that pressure off of like, uh, I'm in a new environment. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. um, and then we just got to sit and talk. And you're yeah. like, I remember going through all your DVD collection. You have like a giant movie. Like, what are DVDs? Right? Yeah, right? What are those anymore? <laughs> but I remember us just like talking about comedy uh, and yeah. like sharing what makes us laugh. And like, yeah. it, was such a, it was such a good bonding experience, which made us doing the scene like so much more fun of course you know and and i have to say i mean like it was it was really great one to see kind of how you like you you really um just came out of your shell like you you came from this really uh at least my first kind of um impression of you where you were really kind of serious and analytical and like you were really like you know things had to be (laughs) (laughs) i mean you had this wonderful energy and it but it felt but it felt like it was like so much more that was like trying to bubble out and, and wanted to come out, but wasn't sure if if uh, if you were allowed to almost to, to to allow for this expression. And I think seeing that 
growth was really, really cool. And like, um, you know, I know, I also know from my first experience with BHP, um, Beverly Hills Playhouse up in the Bay, um, when I got there, I actually had sworn off acting schools. Like I had come from uh, uh, theater. I had come from, um, I had done a method acting uh, uh, class for about a year and it completely drained me of even wanting to be around acting teachers and stuff like that. And, oh, well, we're a crazy bunch. Yeah, and, and funny <laughs> enough, a, a good friend of, of both of ours, Diana Liu, I got cast as her love interest in a short film um, at one of the local art schools. And we really got on and we just had all this great communication in between rehearsing and, and, and shooting and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, you got to come to BHP. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, fuck acting schools. I'm fuck done. All. I'm done. Like, I'm they just done. want money. Oh, they, they don't care about us. And, and, and she just kept asking me like every day on set. And then she literally dragged me and I came into class and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And then it was the same type of kind of warm, welcoming type of environment. And uh, everybody was just there and willing to kind of accept me and I think that was for me that meant a lot and so uh, it meant a lot also to to return the favor in, in any way possible to anybody else that may have felt kind of like this may not be for me they're all different and I'm yada, a yada, fish yada. out yeah, of water yeah I'm a fish out of water out what here what am I you know? doing here so yeah that was really who am I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these these deep life questions what yeah. are we doing you know so, but that's yeah. anywhere you go I went to right? the DMV the other day I'm like well, who am I what am well, I doing well I mean doing? the DMV will make you question everything that's so. true <laughs> why be... do I have a license why do we need cars I quit I mean, everything you're sitting in that damn line for an hour and you're like okay do I really need to be here do I really want to drive mind you though I really enjoyed the wait because I prepared mm. okay, I, like, yeah. I was not expecting to get up this is why like life is about tempering expectations Ooh. friends oh, but there you go. I was Preach. like no I'm not gonna be here quickly I'm gonna be here for a while so I brought right. a book I bought an e I brought an ebook if that bored me nice. and then I brought my laptop but it was like it was mm. I felt so different like in the like deep in the heart of the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, <laughs> where there are so many different kinds of people, yeah. and I swear, as like somebody who's creative or like feeling like I'm in my own bubble mm-hmm. or like all up in my head, mm-hmm. I actually genuinely enjoyed my trip to the DMV because wow. it really made me observe. Of course, I got yeah. some reading done, but most of the time I was kind of just like taking in everybody around me. Yeah, you, well, you need to. What you need to do now is write a how to enjoy your experience at the DMV. I will. That <laughs> just, is that, just that is step what, by step. This is how you you make your your time at the DMV blissful, <laughs> meaningful people. Meaningful. Well, yeah, bliss. It was and because because people are so fascinating. Yeah, they are. I'm literally mm-hmm. like looking at like where'd you get that shirt, and where did you uh, who cut your yeah. hair? Like, yeah. well, this may have not been the right place to do it from on my experience because I literally just um uh, I was on a date recently and during yeah you know you know you try to try to do it down here you know try to get get it on but anyway during the date which my date probably will be upset about this but i was observing i couldn't help but like you're out and me i don't really go out a lot in hollywood Uh so when i do go out you were in hollywood hollywood yeah i was in i was in west hollywood actually oh that's and yeah and so like um it was interesting to see the cast of characters like on a Saturday night out and just how they interacted and, and, you know, the couples, whether they were just on their first date, millionth date, whether they were married or whatever, it was, or single, it was great to really observe, as you were saying, and just see kind of the dynamics of what modern day society is, especially with kind of 
everything that's going on. And, and, and it was also kind of cool to see people just out having a good time, you know, like yeah. really out. And, and I enjoyed watching that and, and what kind of triggers people to have a good time when a, a lot of times with, with our social climate, you know, people are, a lot of people are kind of looking for reasons not to be happy. Like they're looking for, not looking for reasons not to be happy, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, negative um, forces that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and people people just immediately go to the negative and so we're like yeah, sensitive to yeah, it. Yeah, sensitive to it. And yeah. so when you see when you get to see people like like I'm looking around and you know on the street and in the restaurant and like I'm like wow everybody is kind of just laughing you know people are trying to dance people are, are having a good time yeah and stuff like that there was no drama and I'm like that's you know this is life and you get to ex- see that and experience it and it kind of made me think about uh, the famous movie. Um, uh, uh, what's the the Christmas movie everybody watches? Love uh, Actually. Love Actually. <laughs> the the beginning of Love Actually when they're at the airport yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, I just watch people like hugging their loved ones like, and that's, saying goodbye yeah, and hello. And so, yeah, it's it's one like that to me is is really one of those moments where you just like it's great to see people with those genuine just happy emotions. I love that. That is your total Love Actually. <laughs> right? We're gonna get back to this day. I know, right? But ah. I'll say that's honestly kind of how I felt at the mm. DMV, which mm-hmm. is the last place that you feel like you're going to feel that. <laughs> but I really, really appreciated mm-hmm. what I saw, which was people making space for others. Mm-hmm. I saw people being kind, like you're, nice. when you're on the bus and you yeah. see somebody that could use a seat and you don't need exactly. it. Exactly. People getting out of the way. I saw one man mm-hmm. who had like a, a, a walker mm-hmm. and it was covered in like he was like USA till he dies. Wow. Like he had American flag mm-hmm. and paraphernalia like all wow. over it. Wow. Old guy probably in his like 60s mm-hmm. or 70s like talking a lot. Mm. But he was so helpful. He was like nice. a wow. like an honorary DMV worker like <laughs> signaling people wow. like hey go 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 mm-hmm. it's your turn like moving things along. It's amazing. And I was just like why you know everyone hates the DMV because you got to wait there mm-hmm. but honestly again this is like the how to but just take it in. <laughs> take it in. Wherever you are yeah. you'll see things mm-hmm. that are like you know maybe encouraging mm-hmm. and not so I agree. Dismal. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, just take the experience. You're going to have to wait there anyway. Like, you, may as, know, you, may as well. <laughs> you can't do they that. They did not call G97 yet. They are yeah. at. But they're at C. Yeah, they're, they're at C17. C- they're at C17. So you got a while until g 97 called. Might as well make the best of it, is what we're saying. Okay, so back yeah. to your date, though. Oh, well, I mean, I, mean, I thought I was going to like to get the slide that under the rug. No, 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 no. Well, because that's originally what I. I mean, you yeah. and I have talked about so many things over the years Mm -hmm. and like have had so many different growth moments and we talk a lot about the industry but Mm -hmm. whenever i get to catch up with you i'm always like so byron (laughs) who are you dating yeah well you know and and usually the answer is uh well that one yeah my work that's about it um but no this was because byron's an amazing writer uh, and actor oh thank you as is minji so you know we we love fast. Yes. Well, you know, so, sorry for, for all the, the lovey dovey, but it's just facts. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, you know, uh, somebody that I've kind of been working with a while and we just, like, we had been working together on things. So this was like a not a digital. No, this, for, for, funny enough, just like you sign up for all these, these damn dating sites and shit that <laughs> fucking make you go through like an hour personality <laughs> test and you know all this you know fucking yeah they make you take a lie detector and everything and mm. all that shit and then they're like okay these are the people that you would be perfect with and you know you say hi and they're like uh yeah boring next um Never but then all of a sudden you know things kind of just happen organically and and you know we both are are kind of 
glued to work. And then we kind of, we've been working together uh, in close quarters. So, you know, you can call it the island effect if you want to. I don't know. But it was like, you know what? Let's just hang out. Let's just, just go on a date and just have fun tonight. You know, let's. Did you ask her out? I did. Nice. I did, you know. Um, I love that. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a traditionalist in, in that sense. I think that you made your intentions. Yeah, known. you got to make the intentions known. I mean, what's the, what's the worst that can happen? Just no. I mean, I'm in LA. I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I hear no all the time. It's like, okay, well, That's the majority of my life, <laughs> right? You know, another one. <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was really good because, and then also when you're meeting with somebody you actually know, it's different than if you're meeting somebody for the for the first time online because. As I like to say, when you meet somebody from online, they don't re- you don't really meet them. You meet their representative. You meet who they want you to see. You show them who you want them to see. And so you're meeting their representation. And if both of the representations agree that, okay, you're not crazy. Okay, you get to meet the actual, well, part of the actual me. You know, <laughs> you it's pass like a first phase. Yeah, you pass first phase. It's like you go step by step. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this pressure to like, okay, I have to appear a certain way. And I hope I can behave a certain way that's, you know, doable, passable. Um, and, and it's kind of like this, this constant game that you're playing of poker on this first date. Whereas, whereas this one was just like, I know this girl, she knows me, you know, let's just, let's go, just just to go kick it and see what happens. And that was really what, and and that was, that was so awesome. I think, and, and I I really took that in and I think as being older now, um, it has given me a appreciation for that type of, um, uh, experience. So, I love yeah. that. That makes me happy. Oh, thank Although you. I will say, mm-hmm. I think what you said, the game and mm-hmm. the representation for sure mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, mm-hmm. I do think because of like all the, the frequency, mm-hmm. like the, rep- oh, the repetition, yeah. the repetition, yeah. I think that takes a certain toll on 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 a, on a certain part of the population oh, where they're like, and maybe who knows to what degree it goes mm. the other mm. way, yeah. you know? But they're like they're not going to hide anything because they're just yeah, like they're, you know they're what? Down. Let's not waste yeah, let's any not waste time. time. <laughs> I mean, I, there's been that too. I have to admit, like yeah. I've, I've kind of I've seen every kind of phase of it all in terms of there's some some dates where they're like I ain't got time to waste. Yeah. Like are you trying to get married? Or like yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm look I'm this just my, I'm this my plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got time to be talking. Like what's up? Like what, what you what's your plan here? And and you know, so there is that and you know if if we want to get on how how that kind of has affected society as a whole, I think it's it'll be interesting. I don't think it's truly been determined what the the standing effects of that will be. Mm-hmm. I think we're still in a transition of um uh, it, it's it's a different climate in terms of even if you want to call it dating now. I think um, the at least in the mainstream kind of societal uh, conversation, the prospect of marriage is is kind of almost a taboo thing now. Mm-hmm. It's turning into that in terms of do people want to get married and you right. know and then it, like I know there's a lot of talk when people say we want the wedding and the honeymoon, but the marriage part always seems to be the tricky thing, which is I always find it fascinating in like romantic comedies because they'll show everything leading up to when they finally kind of um, overcome all the hurdles to get to like, okay, they're married or they're together. And then it's like, I made the promise. I'm, yeah. And then it, it kind of ends there. And you don't, you like, it's just this whole, uh, I guess, uh, thing of, Oh, it's happily ever after, but we don't. It's never happily ever after. I mean, like you get together and the next day you may be arguing about some, you know, whatever. So exactly like that day, <laughs> yeah, right? That, that evening. <laughs> well, it's funny because mm-hmm. I feel like I agree that there's been a mm-hmm. lot of the whole like lead up and the the conclusion, like mm-hmm. the climax is 
We made it. We, we made, did it. Yeah, we that's found it. true love. We get it. But like, on, I think lately what I've seen, because mm. I've been challenging myself to watch more stuff, because mm-hmm. you know me, I don't watch that much stuff. Yeah, yeah. But lately I've been seeing a lot more of uh, divorce focused. Yeah content yeah so it's either like the beginning or the end and mm-hmm. then like and, yeah. the end technically being like when you restart mm-hmm. um and i think yeah. there's a lot of good good content in between of course like there's i think there's, there, i think there's that's some juicy stuff there's the that i think that needs to be explored more i think that's the the band-aid the, the band-aid that yeah the writer talking here yeah the band-aid that we don't want to take off because we don't want to reveal that nasty stuff we don't want to reveal kind of what actually kind of goes on you know and and i think as a creative i'm that's what I'm drawn to like you know you think about some of the the most gut wrenching films deal with that like you know Blue Valentine or something like that or oh you know, my god yeah right. You're <laughs> <gonna make me cry. laughs> it deals you know it deals that's one of my favorite movies of all time yeah same here and it and I think things like that they deal with um the you know examining the the real kind of grit uh, in, in the trenches of a relationship you mm-hmm. know it's and I think the the conversation steers too easily of greener pastures you know if you don't like it then you know just you move, know, on. move on and i think i think that's such a in my humble personal opinion mm-hmm. i mean you don't want to stay in a situation that's detrimental to your health and your well-being but at For the sure. same time you know i think uh I, I look at kind of how traditionally marriage may have been and we can there's there's i think positive and, and negatives to take from how marriage has, has been set up but in a union, just as it is, you know, I think working through things yeah. and, 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 and really working and trying to understand and, and, you know, being able to concede to your partner in certain aspects. And then, you know, there's give and take. And I think yeah. when you, I truly believe when you overcome certain obstacles in those unions, it really does. It's, it's like working out. It's like when you work out, you're tearing muscles down, breaking them apart. And the way that you become stronger, I like the way that analogy. you become stronger is the healing process of that breaking down. Mm-hmm. You work through it, you recover, and then you come back stronger. And I think that's the same type of, if we're going to use that metaphor or analogy, mm-hmm. then I feel like that's with relationships. If you can learn to to grow, to, to kind of recover from those those thoughts and, and, and those, those, those moments of dissent within the relationship and, and learn to grow with one another and, and learn from that. I think it really can do some good. And I think society as a whole would be better as a result. Like, I, I agree. Know? I think everybody has their differing opinion though. I think that's mm. where like the, the, the the objective like mm-hmm. the objectivity kind of ends and yeah, everybody's yeah. personal subjective of course determination of like what they think is mm-hmm. worthwhile exactly. or what they think is intolerable of course or what they think yeah. is like a deal breaker mm-hmm. like i i'm honestly recognizing this as my like as a grown woman uh-huh. how it's and i'm not trying to do it in an overly critical way because mm-hmm. i am a very serious analytical yeah, person yeah, yeah. but to like look back with some sense of honesty and mm-hmm. be like look those were at the time what i thought mm-hmm. i was super grown of course i knew oh yeah we the, got all that the, mm-hmm. couldn't tell me nothing you can't tell me <laughs> that i'm wrong like i know yeah. i know but no i did not yeah. know <laughs> so, you like go back to your younger self and be like yeah. Look, all right, you just need to <laughs> let's 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 have a conversation. Yeah. All right. I know you don't want to hear after I slap you up <laughs> yeah. your head. Uh, it's like I know you don't want to hear what older Minji has to say, but younger Minji, listen to older Minji, okay? We need to have a little <laughs> discussion here. Okay? Okay. Um because I would have I would have mm. defended my stance and my behavior, my attitudes to to the death. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I was so so we, yeah. 
foolhardy. But like same here. <laughs> but that's part of the growth part, and that's mm-hmm. what I think is is kind of scary. And it's you know I, we're recording on a day that mm. I honestly started off this day in a very bad funk. Oh wow! And because and this is your influence, Byron. <laughs> I'm, I'm much lighter right now. But uh, I started off just being like mm. recording this in August, and mm. like it happens to be when there's a number of like shootings of going course, on, yeah, and it's not yeah. to like take this into like ultra dark territory. However, mm, no. to me, the way that I look at life is mm-hmm. that it's everything is interconnected. Yeah. And everything's on a spectrum. It's not a mm-hmm. dichotomous thing. It's not yeah. like a one or the other, black or right, this or that. Everything kind of is some of this, some, some of that. Of that. Yeah. It's mixed by this. You you change this thing and this other thing mm-hmm. will be impacted mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. And that's something to, mm-hmm. to really think about. That's the main thing that I think has been reinforced through mm-hmm. all the different things that we've been going through, whether yeah. it's like our career transformation yeah, yeah. or whether it's the dating world mm-hmm. and like learning how to be single after mm-hmm. being like a total serial Man. monogamous. Yeah, right. Like every one of those incidents has taught me like everything's kind of push pull and you got to like, you, mm-hmm. you're just getting, sometimes it feels like you're just getting mm-hmm. knocked around. <laughs> yeah. I, you're yeah. trying to figure out where your equilibrium is. Like yeah. what, what, what are you okay with? And right now I think there's a lot of things that are skewed very much in the extremes right now. Oh, and definitely. That's why it's resulting in I, a lot of people feeling like mass anxiety, massive amount yeah. of anger, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I completely wholeheartedly uh, agree with that. And I think, um, speaking on, on the shootings, um, I, I'd been trying to process this. Anytime I, I hear about these type of tragedies, I really try to process it. And, and, and I always go back to, obviously, what's been talked about uh, with regards to h- how society is and things like that uh, hasn't been, the conversation hasn't really moved things in a progressive way in dealing with these subjects. I actually was just reading something yesterday where it said, um, the suicide rates um, were were back up, like mm-hmm. um, in young people. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, I forget, like between the ages of eighteen and twenty four, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, up with with a lot of young men, up with a lot of young women, and um, is that a is that concept di- you know tied to the shootings? Is that you know what what is in what's going on? What's being said right now? Um, and what conversations are being had in our societies that that really uh, seem to make people feel as if they have to go to these extremes. Mm-hmm. And I think it is that it, it's always an either or. And mm-hmm. I think society is too complex to just make it black or white. It's like people try to paint a picture of something as this is all this is. That's the complete picture. You know, if somebody says or does something, then this is who they are. Full stop. That's it. And I think we're much more complex than that. And, yeah. and, and, be, and I think, there has to be honest conversations in terms of us and our dynamics in society and, and how that all relates. Because as you were saying, it, you know, life is funny that way. There, everything is, there's, there's always going to be a reaction to something. I mean, every single thing has consequences, no matter what we big decide. Or small. Yeah, big or small. And, you know, something may be positive change for some, some, something. And then that same positive change can have negative, you know, uh, uh, results for something else. Like and I was just telling you about the project I was talking about, about, you know, the ranching industry and how they're not able to, 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 it's failing very rapidly because we have a change in society. You know, people aren't eating meat as much and, you know, good or bad. The result of that is, you know, people in the Midwest who've, who've survived through ranching now have to figure out other means of, of surviving. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think just, 
certain conversations. It's it, you know, the 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 uncomfortable talks that need to be had, and and I feel like with those conversations, all parties involved need to truly listen to the other side and and, and consider kind of what's being said, and then try to process that, and then go from there. I think it, it takes a real. Um, analyzing. And I think all of that starts with the individual. It starts with everybody, you know, taking responsibility for, okay, I would like to inform myself better about this or that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that all comes with the individual. And I think as the individuals start to take ownership over kind of their own um, knowledge about themselves, about the social issues, about whatever may be going on, that in turn will help the community, which will in turn help, you know, the the rest of society as a whole. I love to be, I love preach like that's it thank you for coming thank to this podcast thank you for thank you for coming to our TED talk we just we went from the DMV to to, to all meet, of it to all of it all of it in between no because it's real yeah because, right because the the, the nitty gritty stuff is the stuff I love to talk yeah, about yeah. and but the, also because I'm somebody that loves to talk about it I've also had had my butt handed to me no, me too. because I've had to learn that I'm wrong. And sometimes I think people who are willing to have those conversations mm-hmm. shy away from it because they don't want to be wrong mm. or, you know what I'm saying? Be found out that but they're I wrong. See, but see that, I think that's also the difference in somebody like you, which, which, which is why, you know, I love you. And like this, you're amazing is because even though I think, for a person to ha- want to have those conversations and, and then in turn be able to say, okay, I was wrong about X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. When you can admit that and say, okay, I was wrong and I'm willing to learn kind of what is what 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 is right. And I think that is so key and important in any type of dialogue. And I think that also is what's missing. Like people will hold on to an idea or a, a, an opinion or whatever it may be to their dying breath, no matter what facts present themselves, they're just like, no, no, no. And it's, and, and I think as you know, for us to honestly talk about things and to fix things, I feel like we have to be honest and we have to have the uncomfortable conversations and, and at the risk that we may be wrong. Yeah. And the other person who we despise may be right or like may be right. And you know, hell, I love being right. And I, I hate being wrong, but at the same time, like I, you know, going back to relationships, one of the big issues that I had to come to terms with was the fact that I had to look at myself and all of my failed relationships and say, okay, what what am I doing wrong? What what is it about me? Because like in all of them, I was blaming the other person for the longest, and then they're crazy. They're, they're, yeah, they're crazy. And wait, let me let me just say this: they were crazy, but look, <laughs> I was crazy too. Okay, like I had my own bit of crazy. Like a, track, like a little bit. Okay, let's yeah. take a let's take a step back. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I had my own issues. So um, yeah, I had to look at myself honestly, and as actors, you have to do like you you know you can't lie to yourself as an actor, like because what you what you what what you, the truth that you have inside you is what's going to be portrayed on screen. Yeah, and if it's not truthful, then the audience watching it won't believe it because it's not real. And so, as an actor, you have to look honestly at yourself. And when you look honestly at yourself, sometimes you're going to find things that may not be so pretty. That's the main thing that I saw, <laughs> which is hard for somebody who's so outwardly critical. And that's mm-hmm. what I was finding mm-hmm. about my own tendencies mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. like I am very quick. There's one of the main 
things that I, I think I had early exposure to, even mm. when I was like a little kid at church, of mm. like what parts I got cast in <laughs> in, in the in Christmas musical. Like Minji happens to play the bratty little girl Shirley oh, really well. well. <laughs> and I had a hard time playing like the ingenue nah. who's so innocent. I'm like, girl, I'm not innocent. Well, well you, you, you hadn't really, I mean, you weren't, you hadn't taken the craft series. It was all natural talent. Back it was then. natural I mean, talent you know, because I was naturally bratty. Let's just be real. <laughs> it was all but natural, like, yeah. but like, taking a look at that and like taking yeah. ownership of that mm-hmm. well first of all I went to my mom and I was like mom I think you should have slapped me a little bit more <laughs> like how can you let me talk to people like that yeah right that's your fault <laughs> like, yeah you know, no, it's, but no it's, it's but yeah. I had it in me but you know mm-hmm. accepting responsibility I love that you hit that on mm-hmm. that is very is very very real yeah it's very terrible yeah but it's very very good yeah. too and I, yeah. I I personally is not to like toot my horn man because it's really only I personally feel like in the grand scheme of my life, mm-hmm. a very recent thing that I'm mm-hmm. starting to take responsibility yeah. for stuff because, you know, I, I appreciate you uh. tooting my horn and I, I will accept <laughs> your compliment because uh-huh. I'm working on it. Yeah. But also the reality is in mm-hmm. hindsight, I was a very, I still am, you mm-hmm. can ask Kenji, I can be very, mm-hmm. very stubborn mm-hmm. and very like just dig my heels in mm. and you can't sway me, mm. but I'm working on it because yeah. ironically, those are also the people I hate. <laughs> like when I see, <laughs> when I see other course. people who are like, of how stupid are you? Yeah. Like how pigheaded and blind mm. are you to like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, then you mm. can't be that either. But well, anyway, I, I'll just, I'll just kind of say it kind of a small anecdote. Um, what really Really, you know, and I, I had been—I've had a lot of different experiences in terms that that should have really cemented me learning to take responsibility. You know, I, I had been to military school for years. Yeah, let's uh, show stories. Yeah, I had been to military school for years, where you know, you would, as a youth, where you would think that okay, he's getting drilled all this discipline, resp- personal responsibility into him. But you know, like I, I was—I was a know-it-all in military school, and I left a know-it-all when when I got done with it. And then all through high school, you know, I did sports, where you know, it's all about accountability teamwork and everybody do their job mm-hmm. uh, i played football where that was really kind of the main theme you know one person messes up it messes it up for the team yada 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 and you would think that 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 drills it into you and no you know i had to come to hollywood and really fall to rock bottom to to understand what personal responsibility really means and um and you know there was a time where i had started my own production company with a couple other guys put all my money into this um, and, uh, I, we ended up having to disband the, the production company and, um, ended up having to go through a little bit of, um, legal, uh, mediation and, uh, and hiring lawyers are expensive. I got in major debt. Yeah. I lost my apartment. I lost pretty much everything. And I was back home at my mother's house during this time, you know, having, uh, been in LA really doing a lot of great things and now suddenly I'm back to like square one and yeah. I'm in not even my old room because my mom by then had turned my old room into some one of her projects because I had moved out and she was like yes the boys are out and I can turn this into my own playground my and space. yeah and so I was in my youngest brother's um, room who had just moved out um, to go to college and, you know, I had no car then, I, I had no money, and I had to get a job at a warehouse working. And I remember thinking, I was I was sitting um, at, a, at a table in the room one night, and I, I was like, I was just in tears. I'm like bawling, and I'm like, 
how could this happen to me? What the fuck? Like, I put everything into this. I was grinding. I was doing good. Like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just all of this stuff. And I sat there probably for like an hour and a half just cussing everybody else out. And then, and then at the end of that whole kind of just anger release, um, thing that was really cathartic for me. But at the end of it, there was like this silence. It was just a silence. It like complete silence. And I remember thinking, holy shit, I've, I've literally just yelled at everybody else about my problems, the situation I'm in. And where are they? There's nobody here to just be like, yeah, you know, it was my bad, you know, I'm a And I remember thinking, okay, what led me to this? What? And, and as I started to track backwards, everything that led to this was of my own making. It was my own decisions. Everything that I had done, I decided to walk away from the company. And thus, that had a ripple effect of cause and effect of what ended up happening um, after that. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, okay, so what what do I do now? What what can I do? And it was one of those moments where I decided to write a letter to myself that I, I literally, just a letter to myself. Yeah. And, I, and I said, I will not read this letter again until... I have achieved the goals that I'm setting here. And once I've achieved that, then I'll read this again and see where I'm at. And it basically was just this long letter of me being candid about my shortcomings and what I had done. And after that, I decided, I said, okay, nobody's going to help you get out. Like literally nobody, no matter how much I bitch and moan, nobody's going to help me. So I mean, what good is that going to do? Yeah. So what are the steps I can start to take to move forward? And then I said, what, what are my goals? What What are the goals? I wanted to make a couple of obtainable goals that I could actually make plans to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing that. And, and that moment, probably more so than any moment ever, I said, okay, I know I want to write. I want to write screenplays. And though I had lost pretty much everything, before I had moved back to the Bay, I had gotten a literary manager. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know any of this was going on, by the way. Now, he still has doesn't know this ever happened. And it w- I, we won't share this. We won't share this. We won't share this. <laughs> Jeff, don't worry. You won't ever hear this. Um, but I remember I remember at that moment, I said, okay, I just literally just signed with a lit manager who uh, just, you know, he, he wasn't a big name, um, nothing like that. But he believed in me. And I felt like I'm not going to make any excuses. He's going to be setting up meetings for me. And I got to keep going back to L.A. to take these meetings. So in the meantime, let me just keep writing. Let me keep working. Let me keep saving up money. And then somehow I'll try to get back down to L.A. That was my plan. And literally that was the trajectory. I just every day it was work right, work right, work right, work right. Go on a date. Work right, work right, work right, work right. Go on, go on a date. <laughs> you know, yeah, you Tinder. Gotta, you got to <laughs> Give gotta, me something. <laughs> gotta live, gotta live. You got to live a little bit. Need so, right yeah. Back. So then so then that. As as I I finished a couple scripts and then um, somehow the universe um, or me I'm, I'm a religious religious person so I'll say God but universe for those who aren't um, uh, allowed for things just lined up out of nowhere from that and then because I had done this work all of a sudden things kind of when they were lining up oh you have a script oh you have a script oh let me read that script oh you have another script too oh let me read wow you're a good writer oh wow I'm gonna take it oh next thing you know I'm 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 working with a studio to develop a television series because they like the way I write mm-hmm. and now I'm back down in LA because I ended up finding a, a really good job that I could support myself again and things just started happening mm-hmm. and and at that moment literally I was just in my mind thinking all of this came from my decision to say okay this is all on me this is all on me, nobody else. Mm-hmm. And and whenever people always talk about 
kind of things that they can do to, to start to turn things around or whatever it is. It's like, look inward. Look, it always starts there. And then from that, and then I remember I made my this whole testimonial um, uh, about me signing with CAA. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the amount of kind of, I still have friends coming to me to this day saying how much that inspired them. Like I have friends now, you know, writing their own things, getting picked up by other studios and stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is the kind of community effort that inspires us to do what we do. And I said, and it's not even about me. It's about the fact that other people were willing to kind of take the mantle of their own well-being and be like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do and boom. And like, now you're starting to, I start to see my friends having their success. Not even if it's because of me, but I've had people say like, it was like, yeah, like I, I do have the ability to, um, to really have a work ethic. You know, I may not, I may not be the most talented this or the most talented that, but if I can have a work ethic and, and make some goals, stick to, to the plans of those goals, things may work out, you know, For and then sure. just be a good person and while doing it, you know? And on the way so, you'll yeah. like keep developing because it's yeah. kind of inevitable. If you keep doing work, I mean, you're just going to keep on, yeah. if, if you have that's your intention and mm-hmm. if that's your choice it's not even just about the work ethic but it's about the mm-hmm. responsibility to, t- to make the choices i love yeah. that you 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 talked about that because i think even when it comes to what we believe in like the habits that we mm. we take on mm-hmm. usually by default and not yeah, consciously of course those always have space though it doesn't feel like it mm. there is space to like Take a second, mm-hmm. let out your feelings, however, go work out, go yeah. write, go do, you know, do what you do need what you- to do, but don't hurt other people. Of course. See, that's because that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But also, like, do that in a non-harmful way and then take mm-hmm. a step back and be like, mm-hmm. well, what then can I do to alter mm-hmm. the course if I don't like the course that I'm mm-hmm. on right exactly. now? Exactly. And that's literally the same thing. I, I heard, I keep repeating it because I heard... The metaphor, it's like, you know, it's like eating your vegetables and drinking water, mm-hmm. getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. No one can do that for you. Yeah. That you can't, if you leave mm-hmm. everything else to circumstance and chance, like mm-hmm. it, it literally is impossible. Yeah. You, you can only, you're the person to write your stories and you're the person to take exactly. the meetings and you're the person that says, Hey, hi, my name is Byron. I'm a mm-hmm. writer. Like, how can I work with you? And, and you showing up. And, and I want to say one thing that I didn't mention that I think is also key. Um, not really on the responsibility thing, but I also think, what's important, very, very important for the, for any, any human of the modern day, I think it's very important to have somebody, if not a couple people around you who truly have your best interest, not in terms of seeing you make it as a movie star or to great wealth and fame or whatever that may be, but people that just are genuinely like your friends or your family that care about you. They could give a fuck about what you're doing in Hollywood, what you, what's happening, but just there to check on you. And for me, that was the biggest thing was my mother, my brothers, and, and, uh, you know, my classmates, they were there and they kind of were just, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, it's good. We're good. Yeah. Like we're, we're good. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You're not where you want to, but you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're here, we're alive. We're good. And I think that, that type of nurturing is is very vital uh, to any type of sustained sanity and for for anybody. And I think um, it, it's you know this great country that we're in is a community at the end of the day. And I think it's we've kind of lost a little bit of that mentality of you know people are going to fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just life. And there's this whole notion that 
we, we can't mess up like at any point, like any type of step that we take has to be the right step. Yeah. Or don't take it at all. Right. You know, and I yeah. see that. I see yeah. it like what, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because in one narrative, the one mm-hmm. way you can look at it is that people are just ignorant of or course. they're not educated yeah. about XYZ. <laughs> but some people are very highly educated. Yeah. They are very aware, maybe mm-hmm. to the extent of being hyper aware. Yeah. Which leads to this anxiety of like, of I cannot move. I can't it, move. It yeah. paralyzes I've you because yeah. I feel like that because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to have an opinion because what if it's the wrong wrong one? opinion? I I get that. I, I don't want to get yeah. a new one. You know, like yeah. get ripped a new one because yeah, I had the best of intentions. I said it, mm-hmm. the, but like you know, we're kind of yeah. ruthless in that way right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, especially with the political climate, like you know, you want to you want to say and and look, it's one of those things where it's like okay, I. I just I want to see things move in a positive way, and it's like you have to you have to say things sometimes that are not of the popular opinion. And when you when that happens, you know the reason you freeze is you're like I don't want to be eaten alive. I don't want you know I just want to have a conversation. I just you know I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I just want, want death threats. I don't on want Twitter. death threats on Twitter. Oh yeah, and and I think you know just in terms of that, that's why I said like I think I think yeah the 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 kind of group. Think reactionary type of uh, 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 violence, whether it be verbally or sometimes physically. I mean, as we see, um, is is has just been really so damaging, and it's it's made people fearful. One to to have honest opinions that could could better the the whole. Like people could say, okay, you know, I have an opinion about this that I'd like to share, and I'd like us to actually analyze and think about and take seriously. Right. If it's not, look. If we don't agree on it, that's fine. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's okay. I stated the opinion. It is what it is. Change my mind. I might change yours, but let's have the dialogue. Yeah. And then if we have the dialogue and, you know, we completely disagree on something, it's okay. It's like going back to sports. I may like this team and you may like that team. Why do you like And you hate my team and I hate your team. But we can debate as to why which team is better. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay. Boom. All right. And no one's mind has changed. No one's mind has changed. But you had a but yeah, yeah. an enlightening discussion an enlightening about discussion. why this team is great and that team's great. You know, because maybe maybe something was said that uh, that a uh, perspective that I didn't even look at, an angle I didn't even think about. Like, oh, I you know I never even saw it that way. And I think I think that's that's so important because you know, like when I'm writing scripts and you know I, I write a story, I see I give my story to five different people, five different people are going to have five different perspectives on the story mm-hmm. that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And they could, and, and they'll be for the better in certain cases. And so like, that's important. That's why, um, when, you know, you do screenplays or anything like that, you get notes from different people because it's like, this person sees this story this way or this character that way. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh wow. I, I had no idea. Like I'll write things. And somebody says, oh, I like this part, what you did with this. I'm like, that was not intentional. I had no idea that that's how, and but, it, but thank you, but thank you so much. I'll take that. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think that is, that is so vital in just the, the, the health and the growth of a society. And I think when that, because that stopped, it's also stopped the growth as a whole of our people within our society. And I think that's very damaging. I agree. So I, I mean, and, and here's my thing. Mm-hmm. What I learned from some, even from listening to my podcast, mm-hmm. like I, I re-listen to some of my episodes and mm-hmm. there's moments where I hear myself because I'm just in this like freewheeling conversation. Mm-hmm. I hear things about myself that, I'm learning, trying, you know, I'm trying not to be so critical, but I'm trying to hear what it is that I'm saying through the words. Of course. Yeah. And it's a weird format to be 
building a different kind of self-awareness because I'm like, man, I come off in my mind. Mm -hmm. I come off like I'm not really listening to that person or Mm. I don't, I feel like I sound kind of dismissive, but Mm. I'm trying to be aware of it in an objective way and not beat myself up about it. But that's, but that's, okay. that's a very specific experience Mm -hmm. for me because I host a podcast and Mm -hmm. because I like take the time to re-listen to them. And it's mad uncomfortable. So, yeah, I can – on that small scale, I can imagine for people to start to dive into their own flaws or their their own shortcomings or the fact that they've been racist or Mm -hmm, homophobic mm -hmm. or just ignorant in general. It's a hard pill to swallow. So I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying that as like it's it's really awkward and uncomfortable to come face to face with – that which you do not like in others. The reality is a lot of the things that we don't like in others may be things that often are things mm-hmm. that we don't like within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, that sounds like super, a lot of things I feel like, so I would even judge the content of my my podcast that I was like, man, I'm trying to like mm. be too deep or I'm, I'm trying to, get, you know, contextualize everything. And I was like, then mm. I stopped and I was like, but that's how I actually look at the mm-hmm. world. So I was like, I think this is me doubling down on myself. Okay. This is a moment of like self-reflection, but Mm -hmm. I think that we can afford to be a little bit deeper and take Mm. things besides the face value and take back the layers and look at why we act the way that we do. This is my favorite part of being an actor. Mm -hmm. And this is the tough part of being it because Mm -hmm. once you understand somebody else, Mm -hmm. it removes the hostility and mm-hmm. all the things that you had against somebody else and yourself, mm-hmm. it takes that away. And something mm-hmm. about that is like really uncomfortable because yes. you're like the reality that you knew no longer is. Yeah. And there's something kind of scary about that, yeah. that you're like, man, I just thought my dad was a bastard. Right. Yeah. And it was so easy to hate easy. your dad yeah, of course. because you're just like, you're a broken, mm-hmm. horrible, cruel mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I hate you because of what you did and mm-hmm. how you treated me mm-hmm. ruined me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've seen so many versions of that in my life, mm-hmm. in my own relatives, in my own family. I've harbored the same kind of feelings towards my dad. Mm-hmm. But once you, like, humanize somebody and you actually try to understand what is beyond that yeah. that you get to, like, hold against them yeah. is a whole other ballgame where you're like, well, damn, yeah. I didn't think I didn't about think it about, that yeah. way. And I didn't know that you, too, are broken. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, too, have your insecurities and fears and shortcomings exactly. because you're only looking at it from your perspective. Yeah. And that bubble you talked about earlier. The bubble. Yeah. Is like they got a burst. And and so I think however I can, like this is, I put this in the universe because Mm. I think my goal is my bubbles are being popped day Mm. in and day out. Mine too. And I am learning to appreciate that even Mm. though it hurts half the time Mm -hmm. or it makes me really upset with myself half Mm -hmm. the time. I I want those bubbles to burst Mm -hmm. and hopefully we can like have those not be so traumatic yeah as those things happen in our lives yeah i i think that not hurt each other right just just not hurt each other on the or ourselves oh my gosh it's i think yeah you you really hit hit that one uh, right on the head It, it it's it's understanding i think that's that's an important i mean that's just the most important step is understanding that you have to self analyze yourself and and wanting to understand yourself and wanting to grow through that, I think is, is a, is so healthy. And so many people don't, so many people don't want to look at themselves. So many people don't, it's not, it's again, it's not 
their fault. It's, 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 you know, the, the machine, the man, the whatever, whoever, maybe a culture, culture, maybe, but, but you, but you can't, you can't, I always am going by kind of the, the notion that things you can't change, there's not, you can be upset with them, but what you can do is you can change how you approach things. You can change how you, your reaction to things, you Mm -hmm. know, like I was, I was an angry kid growing up. I was in fights all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, I was, I was angry at everybody, anybody and everybody. I was angry at the police. I was angry at my teachers, angry at my dad. I was angry, whatever it may have been. Um, and I learned through a lot of circumstances and situations, I can't always help those situations that I'm in. Like if I get in an accident or if I get pulled over by the police, you know, hey, I, maybe I could have helped that, but, um, whatever situations I'm in, but I can, I can help my reaction to those, how I approach those, you know, like, um, uh, I was saying earlier today, my agent out of the blue called me, uh, this week after I'd been working tirelessly, um, on a couple TV pitches that I wasn't producing enough content for him. Mm-hmm. And my initial knee jerk reaction was the fuck, <laughs> you know, like wh- what else you want me to do here? And, but, but then I had to take a step back, get through my anger. And, and again, it's not, look, you can shout and cry and scream and do what you need to do. I mean, that's healthy human emotion. But, you know, once that that kind of passes and you get that out, then you got to really go, okay, what you going to do? You know, he said you ain't producing enough content. What, you going to keep bitching and moaning or, or what? You going to get on back on the grind and try to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I think... That for me was always is is how I try to approach most situations or every situation in my life is like okay, this happened. This person is yelling at me for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they're yelling at me. How do I react to that? You know how? And and I think that is the biggest thing. And and um, I, I always look at like Martin Luther King and his impact on society. And I always find it funny that we reference him as like what he what he what he's done. And I always, I always try to let people know, you do know why he was so successful, right? He was successful because his reaction to his enemy, mm-hmm. his reaction to his enemy in the face of his entire race saying, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. They're killing us. We need, to, we need to kill them back. We need to be violent back. And he's saying, no, we need to be nonviolent and we need to have a discussion. And the only reason why the bigotry and the laws were actually changed during the civil rights movement was because of that attitude. And I think, like, to me, it's like, why can't we learn from that right now? Like, we need to learn. This is what happened. I mean, yes, he was thrown in jail. Yes, he went through a lot of things. I mean, there he put his life literally on the line. He died for it. He died for his own ideology of the fact that I'm not going to be violent. But in turn, from from that standpoint, from that stance, we had laws literally changed. Mm-hmm. And... It, it didn't come from it didn't come from uh, the the violent nature of the black Muslims, the Black Panthers. I mean, yes, they were doing some stuff on on the streets. Which, hey, look, I get it. There was a lot. There was a lot of things going on that needed to be addressed. But the major shift came from that man, and then a lot of after he died, a lot of the civil rights leaders that opposed his what he was doing, they were saying the same thing. No, he was right. Mm-hmm. He, this is you know Malcolm X is the prime example. He hated him his whole career. He called him Uncle Tom Coon, all this stuff, and um. He took a trip out to Mecca, mm-hmm. and he saw that there weren't just black Muslims. There was Asian Muslims, white Muslims, like different color, like all this. And it blew his mind because he was like, they're all praying, living in harmony mm-hmm. at the same, under the same religion. And he's like, wait, 
and they're peaceful. And to him, it was like, okay, this dude had a point. He was 100% right. And I, I make those references because I feel like our reaction to how we approach situations in life needs to be of a rational type of thinking. And, and, and look, we're we're very emotional beings. Yeah, I was so like, as that's a, a very, that's very it's, it's it's easier in theory to do, but it's I think it's one of the things that hey, I still have issues with it too. But trying to put it into practice, I feel like does so many wonders, and I've seen it happen in actual real time mm-hmm. in my own life, and I, I and because of that. That's what motivates me to further try to do this. And look, like I said, it doesn't always happen. I mean, it was a dude today when I was getting here on the freeway that I literally was like cussing out in my car, like you, whatever. And um, but you know, again, it's it's it's. I think it's the effort. It's a worthy cause. It's a worthy cause, exactly. Yeah. So and in short. And, and, and I appreciate that you say it's easier said than done because mm-hmm. honestly, and I'll be completely mm-hmm. real. You and I've talked a lot about even like with dating and relationships mm-hmm. that there are certain. There are certain layers to like a person, like what will really affect you and what you can keep at an arm's distance because it doesn't it make that big of an impact on like mm. your heart or mm-hmm. like your mental state, yeah. right? Yeah. And those that are closest to us, like our family, our friends and mm-hmm. our lovers, like they they suddenly gain access to a very, very sensitive part of you. Of course, you. yeah. And that which they say or do can make a it, yeah. much bigger uh Oh yeah shift <laughs> yeah. in your mood in mm-hmm. your ability to focus in your ability to be happy and positive and have hope <laughs> like all of the above which is why mm-hmm. you know I do go deep because I'm saying yeah. it's it's a worthy cause and it's going to take a whole lot of freaking work mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen overnight mm-hmm. but if you don't take those like exactly if we don't make those like tiny incremental shifts mm-hmm. again in the moment it can feel so mm-hmm. Like this is not making a difference. This of is course. we're not going anywhere. We are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. But then you 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 mm-hmm. know stay the course, and over time you realize yeah. like no things are shifting. Things are shifting. Yeah. Things are shifting. And I personally, my anecdote that I'll share, even mm-hmm. and Kenji and I have recorded a, an episode on fighting. Like he, mm-hmm. I have said multiple times, like we come from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Where like I grew up very Baptist Christian. He grew up Mormon. Yeah. And and he grew up all over the Midwest and like in Kentucky and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, like I grew up a California girl. Mm-hmm. We have very different approaches yeah, to yeah. life, very different ideologies, very different groups of friends, mm-hmm. very different experiences. Him being an Asian man and I'm an Asian woman. Him being Japanese American, I'm mm-hmm. Korean American. Like there's mm-hmm. layers to the way we approach things, and we have we we have you know chemistry, attraction, friendship. We mm-hmm. have so much like professional admiration for each mm-hmm. other. So there's so much that connects us, but there's mm-hmm. so much that makes it really, yeah. really hard mm-hmm. to see eye to eye, mm-hmm. man. And like, let me tell you, like, that's why we had an episode straight up like on fighting because mm-hmm. it was becoming a, a difficult thing. And like, he's the one who's honestly taught me through very specific practice mm-hmm. of how not to fly off the handle every yeah. time I feel like slightly offended mm-hmm. or that like I interpret something that he said to be mm-hmm. really, really offensive mm-hmm. when he didn't. He's just asking me a question. Yeah. Yeah. But we all come with our own set of like baggage. And, of course. Um, you know, it's funny because you told me that your last girlfriend mm-hmm. was Korean. Yeah. And I was like, how did that go? Yeah, that was. Because yeah. those are again, these are like all these conversations that I feel like at least in yeah. public or not being, and so I, if you're down to like talk yeah, to me yeah. about that. Yeah, the, yeah. The interesting thing about that is like she was not American Korean. She was Korean Korean. She oh. she moved here when she was 13. Yo, you dated a fob? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I did a, look, 
I did Taekwondo when I was younger. The way I got her was I, I counted to 10 in Korean really badly. But I, I you know, I still remember Taekwondo. <laughs> I, was, I was like, look, I know how to count to 10. She's like, ooh, shoot. That didn't do, do that with your American accent. Do it again. I was like, ooh. How you know. old were you when this happened? Oh, this was, this was, so this was actually back when I was back in the Bay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we were. Oh, when you took the yeah, break back in the Bay? Yeah. Yeah. So it was about, was, you know, so it was about a year that we were kind of seeing each other. Um, but it was, it, I'll, I'll say this. It was very much, there was two factors at play. There was a cultural factor and there was an age factor. I was about five years older than her. Okay. Um, or four, four or five. Um, and, uh, it, it's, how to describe it 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 was a i'd say i'd learned so much about myself from that experience more so than anything else um and she was she was great like i i i have no ill will or any harbor any bad feelings like she was great for me hopefully i was okay for her um and and well you know perspective (laughs) but but I, i yeah i would say those kind of differences i remember we were having kind of a a conversation that that escalated really quickly kind of to my surprise and i for the uh, one of the main factors that a lot of my relationships didn't work out that i've kind of realized now is i have this kind of um stoic reaction to a lot of things and, and very kind of blunt and stoic reaction and i think that comes from me growing up my parents or all my uh, older um relatives were like that just very kind of emotion wasn't really harbored that well and so you you know my dad hated when we cried so he was like don't cry so we me and my brothers just grew up a lot of times no matter how difficult things were he just if we would cry we would get beat that was like the thing and mm-hmm. and that's you know, my dad is very much of the old school black father disciplinarian. He's from the military as well. Mm-hmm. And his his grandfather was much more of, of that type as well. So that's hit where he's coming from. And I had to learn that again, understanding my dad's own baggage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something something we were having a conversation. I don't remember the the finite details of it, but I do remember we started getting on because um, I'm also a personal trainer and uh, she was asking about some of the people I was training and had trained. And, you know, I've trained a lot of different people, bodybuilders. I've trained um, uh, fitness models, uh, regular Joe Schmoes, whoever. Um, And uh, Instagram influencers now is what they're called. Um, And, uh, she, she, we started getting on the, you know, the, some of the Instagram influencers and, and we were just, I was telling her about one of the, the women that I had trained. And I, I, kind of really without thought compared her to this fitness model i was trying to describe her body type and then i said yeah yeah exactly and so i said she's kind of like you but with this and this and this and this created an entire explosion of anger emotion and blah 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 and at first i didn't even think it was real i I thought that was like i and i actually laughed because i was like and like she was, then I saw she was actually like crying. Oh! And I said, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm like, what just happened? And then it was like this whole thing of you don't know, you don't know what you just did, what you just said, with how you just uh, like just demeaned me in this way, and blah blah blah. And I said, and then I was like, get out of here! You are not serious. Like I, that was like my reaction. Uh-huh. And then she she was like, and you don't even care, and this whole thing. And then I said, I was like, look, you know what? I'm sorry. 
All right. I'm sorry that this is this is what happened and this is how you feel. I, it wasn't intentional. And then that was that. And from that, she was like, she kind of kept on it. And and I've this again is me. And I'm like, if I've addressed the issue, I said I was sorry, I meant it. I'm not going to harbor on it. Because like that like that, that and that's kind of my upbringing, my baggage. Yeah. And it wasn't until after that I had to learn I needed to see where she was coming from because I don't know if she and and then actually getting to know her, you know, she's Korean. Image is everything and she was a curvy Korean. I mean, great curves. <laughs> I mean, like, shoot. But <laughs> As, as 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 a Korean woman, you know, I remember we would have deep conversations about how image and how, you know, the whole plastic surgery oh, yeah. uh, is is a thing. And, and her all of her family was always, you know, on her to get plastic surgery, change her body image, change the way she looked. Change, it was it was implanted in her from early age that she wasn't enough. Yeah. And, um, you know, and if she ever hears this, you were more than enough. You're beautiful in every single way. And I just want you to know that. And whoever the next guy is will be lucky. So... But from that, um, I had to understand her perspective, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it took. It wasn't until after we had broken up, and I would look back and reflect on the situations that we would have like that in my response to him, that I was like, "Wow, I was I was really insensitive there on her behalf." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was you know, it took it took me growing. Like I had to look, and and I didn't like that about myself. Yeah, I remember sitting crying. Like I can't. I would never want to hurt somebody that way. I like. I was like, I felt so bad that I hurt somebody that deeply and didn't think much about it. And that to me took a lot of like. I wanted to like beat myself up for even doing that. Like, how could you want to? Like, how could you allow somebody that you cared about mm-hmm. to be hurt in that manner? And so mm-hmm. that was my growth. Well, I mean, <laughs> deep, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, yeah. it, like you're saying, though, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a lot of conversations that are happening now that mm-hmm. interracial relationships yeah. are so much more common yeah. because these experiences. Like I was always programmed since I was younger to like find and marry a Korean boy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. and there's a lot, and I'm even understanding this as a grown person, like mm-hmm. why. That is the case. Like, mm. where is that rooted in? Is it mm. like just because they're racist? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Like, mm-hmm. mind you, there are a lot of really racist Asian people. Hey, same with black people. Racist people in general. Yeah, in general. But like, they're f- from a Korean standpoint. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, even a couple weeks ago, I watched a documentary about the Korean diaspora and like mm-hmm. what happened with the war mm-hmm. and what happened before the war with like China and Japan and Russia. Like, yeah. how Korea as a country is trying to be like kind of exterminated or co- just colonized and beaten. They're yeah. like, this is a country of, like, very tough, yeah. trying to trying to fight for the right to exist mm-hmm. people. So, I like, when it comes to, like, you need to marry another Korean person, mm-hmm. it's a very much, like, keep our blood, like, keep our blood mm-hmm. existing in this world. Mm-hmm. I think that's a part of this, like, fight to exist. Yeah. And, and like, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. And so when I looked at it that way, like, th- mm. this is literally within the last, like, couple years mm-hmm. slash couple months mm-hmm. i'm understanding even more of like where yeah my like because i just yeah. feel like like some of the comments that asian people can make my parents whoever mm-hmm. you know growing up in america it's a very different environment yeah. and a di- different expectation of what you're supposed to do to be mm-hmm. compassionate and tolerant and mm-hmm. like you know a neighbor to mm-hmm. somebody and hearing that even from like people around me in my direct family or my yeah. relatives or my community of people that I'm supposed to like love and care for yeah, has been very, very tough. And then it's interesting because I'm talking with some of my black friends like mm-hmm. where I'm like, I grew up feeling so kindred spirits with the black community mm-hmm. because in the lack of representation in the media, <laughs> right. I gravitated a lot towards 
black culture. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. the music, to the film, to the mm-hmm. TV shows, mm-hmm. the comedians. Like, yeah. I don't know. I felt very defensive. It's just so, so interesting mm-hmm. that you're, and then you dated like a Korean girl from like Korea. Korea, which was, yeah, it was which very. Got to be really different. Yeah, and, and um, I was astounded actually of, of how um, acclimated she was and, and culturalized to, to like, I, if she had not told me, I would have never known. Oh. She was no, there was no accent. There was no, like, she knew culture references. She taught me shit. And I was like, okay. And like, she, she told me, she's like, I've, I've only been here since I was 13. And, and she said, when I moved here, I didn't know any English or anything. And I was like, that, like, to me, that was just the most astounding thing. And so it, it, I, I think, yeah. And, and those, those, especially in the black community, it's, it's such a, it's, that's a cold, complicated issue when it comes to interracial. Um, relationships there's there's such a because of kind of the the background of slavery there's a real um i don't know there there, there's there's like this i can't even say it's unspoken because it's clearly spoken where you have an obligation to stay within your own race you have an obligation to keep the the african-american bloodline exactly yeah yeah. um and it's 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 really you know, and it, and I always go back and forth with this in the black community. I say I don't really know how to approach things, um, and and it's, uh, in terms of how do we integrate ourselves within an American society that at one point oppressed and ostracized us um, to where we say we want to be integrated in that society, but at the same time we also want to be, you know, secluded from that society. It's like we want to stay within our own gro- groups, but then at the same time we're like, but no, no. We need to, we're, we're equal to everybody and we want to be, we're all Americans and we're all here, you know? And so that dynamic, I think is still trying to, to be figured out and yeah. within the culture. And I think, again, that's, those are conversations, uncomfortable conversations that need to be had. And, um, and, and I think I, I really saw it most when I was with, um, my ex-girlfriend and, and, um, even with her own family, like they wanted her to marry a nice Korean boy. They still do. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that was something I had to come to grips with, you know, that I would probably never meet them at least not in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you guys dated for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. And you told me she, she never like, did she tell her parents about you? Oh no. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That would have been trouble. <laughs> um, they, How'd they, that make you feel? Um, well, to be completely honest, at first I wasn't tripping. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm, I'm you know, this is, you know, whatever, we're just having, we're just, fun, just having fun, you yeah. know, it's hot and heavy right now. Let's not put anything on it. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. as we progressed, um, like I really, I really like, she was really wonderful. She was really great. And, um, I, you know, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to meet them. But at the same time, I understood on some in some context how difficult it was because I know how it is with my family. Yeah. My family would be a little more accepting because I've had cousins and other people, you know, marry outside of the race. But um, I do know, uh, I, I know it would have been one of those like, hmm, you know, like they would have looked at me like, it's what? Tri- yeah. It, yeah it's, it's tricky. And so it's not the welcoming, like, hey, no. I love this person. No, this is not. They don't, you nobody love them cares too. about They'd that. They'd be like, nah. I'm married for love. Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. And so I would say to answer your question, um, uh, it, it was something that was in the back of my mind. I won't lie and say that it wasn't, um, because you, you can't help but think about the possibility of a future yeah, with somebody yeah. that in the moment you care about. And so you would hope that that, carries on 
into a, a lasting partnership. And so you you have to think about, okay, how would this play out in the long run, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, at the same time, she loved her parents. She loved her, her family. And she didn't want to, she, she did, didn't want anything that would cause for them to, to isolate her from them. And she didn't, I mean, and I wouldn't want that for her. Yeah. And so it's this weird thing that you have to kind of come face to face with where it's like, okay, what happens? And then like, look, you romanticize about the fact that, you know, the parents would accept you and when they meet you and like you and love you and all of that. But the reality is yeah. they're, you know, they are real strict traditionalists. And I have people in my family who are like, you know, um, and I think that is especially for our generations and 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 you know the generations after us this is something that's going to have to it's going to keep kind of rearing itself in in our face because we're we have to address it because as long as we're in America we're we're not surrounded by just our people we're surrounded by all different colors of people that you yep. just end up connecting with and you can't you can't help what the heart is connected to, unfortunately. For real. <laughs> and that, I think that, like, what I was saying, yeah. it's like, these are hard conversations, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, whether, I, personally, and I, I think that it's so great. I feel mm. like it shows a great level of maturity, in my opinion, that mm. you can be very objective about it. That yeah. you can look at that situation, because mm-hmm. for me, being the kind of person that I am, I think mm-hmm. right off the bat, and maybe it's because of my own projected expectations mm-hmm. of what a dating relationship ought or ought not be at whatever age you talk to me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think it would have like being hidden, Mm. you know, I dated a white guy who was like ultra, ultra conservative Christian. Mm. Mm. And he, he was going through what he was going through Mm. and he had a very, very strict church and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, his parents were heavily involved in it Mm -hmm. and he had certain status and Mm -hmm. he, I was, it's, it wasn't even a race thing, but it was a fact that I'm not a hardcore Christian. Christian, yeah. He only did like in that, in that, Mm -hmm. and this is in LA, you know, this Mm -hmm. is in SoCal that you have assumptions of like, oh, you're a white person from LA. That probably Mm -hmm. means you're hella liberal and progressive and X, Y, Z. But in that, in this particular guy, we met on like Bumble, I think. Mm. But, um, and we really liked each other. We connected, mm. we had chemistry, mm-hmm. but, um, we dated for like a couple months. I think mm-hmm. it was like two or three months. And I think we, who knows what would have happened, but the way yeah. that that went, yeah. I felt hidden. Mm. He was hiding me. He didn't tell, yeah. I called him and he literally wouldn't pick up the phone in his, around his roommates because his roommates were people from church. Mm. And like to me, I, did my best to understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, like that's, that's gotta be a really tough situation. Yeah. That was but, my, but how, but how did that make you feel? But though? that it pissed me off yeah. eventually. Yeah. Just like the longer, the more invested again, yeah, it, it's yes. like talking yeah. about at the beginning, it's like, Oh, you're cute. And yeah. we're just like going on hikes together yeah, and getting yeah. froyo. This is great. Yeah. But then, you know, over time you get more invested in a person. Mm-hmm. You feel more like you're intertwined with that person. They mm-hmm. mean something to you. Mm-hmm. And to feel like you don't have a place in their life to be yeah. even acknowledged, that hurt and upset me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, you know, there are a lot of life circumstances. And he wanted to, like, get into a program and, like, leave California. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a lot of things both in our lives that were, like, really happening. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... I, it was tough because yeah. as a friend, as a as a person, I wanted to be the kind of person that could be like, look, I get mm. where you're coming from. And I know this is not easy for you. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like you can't pick up my phone call mm-hmm. 
to check because you're sick. You have yeah. like a cold and I'm trying to check on how you're doing. Yeah. And you can't answer the phone because you can't reveal to like your yeah. church roommates that yeah. I exist. Yeah. What the hell? Like that really upset me. And so yeah. I think people have all these kinds of different variations in their lives. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, like we are in an integrated society. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, people it, need to come to terms with that in their way, it, hopefully not with so much Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting you, you have that st- story. I actually, a quick one, uh, recent, not recently, um, but I, it was uh, somebody I met, I, I forget which dating site, one of, one of the hundreds I'm on. <laughs> um, uh, but... I met this girl and, and completely not even my type. Like, not, well, if I even have a type, but like, not somebody I would go, oh, yeah, like, pursue because, of, you know, it is what it is. We have what we have in our minds is what we want. But anyway, there was just like, we just had, we had this vibe. It was like this thing where we connected. We were on the same wavelength. We thought similar. Like, I had never encountered this before. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just one caveat. You know, she's Jewish, traditionally Jewish. She was only looking for a Jewish guy. Mm. Um, but because we had so so much similar ideals, mm-hmm. um, it was it was like, but we're just connecting. You yeah. know, we're just connecting. And but at the same time, she's like, no, I, I have to. And it was one of those things where, you know, you you like to think of yourself as a as a person that will always do like the righteous thing in the situation, like you know. I'll, I I understand where this person's coming from, so I'm gonna do the right thing and say no. I won't pursue it. She, she, this is what she wants. I respect that. Blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. If this were some, you know, rom com, yeah, I probably would do something like that. But in real life, I'm like, nah. I think I could. I think I can make this work. Like we can. We, <laughs> let, let me. Let me. Like, come on now. This is like really. You know, this but is too good. This is too good. Like, is that you don't come across people that you just connect with on just such a naturalistic kind of in, way. Like where it kind of hits you out of left field where you're like, I didn't even expect to even fall for a person this hard. And here I am. And like now you don't want to let that go. Yeah. And it was that was a new thing for me. You know, I didn't I don't think I had ever really um, as an adult adult fallen for somebody in that manner. Yeah. Uh, You know, you 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 think you like people you think you you know this is what is my high school love proven otherwise yeah and then but then when it just when you have something that you know is like this is legit real like this i know this is real and it's a force pulling me towards this person yeah and then the blocks that we only set up ourselves say this can't happen yeah it's it's unnatural. It's really an un, un, unnatural way to 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 approach things. So yeah, it was. Uh, I, I understand that 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 story you were talking about in in terms of how you felt. So um, and it didn't work and, out at then. No, I, I I decided to be an adult about it and be like, I'm gonna respect her because of the fact that I I did I do care about this person's way, way of thinking and, and that that's important to her. Yeah, it was like okay, this is what it is. I'm, I have to be fine with that. Yeah. This is what she wants. It is what it is. And so, but looking at myself, how do I react to the situation? I'm not going to be the immature Byron because 20 year old Byron would have just been like, fuck that. You know, like, uh-huh. I don't care if she's Jewish. Like, I'm going to, you know, she likes me. I like her, whatever. But, deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. But it's like, yeah, as you get older, you know, rational thinking has to sometimes just take hold of you and be like, look, all right, just play this out in your head and see that this is not going to happen right now. And, but I, it, so it's a tricky thing, man. Yeah. Because you you don't know what to what degree this one factor will yeah, or will not impact true. your happiness. Yeah. Like, who's to say? Because that's why we have like the notebook. Come 
Like, Brian Gosling was poor, but I know. she loved him. She loved him. And she didn't care. She didn't care. And about then, no money. And then he got her the dream house. But you know what I mean? Like He built her he the built, dream he house. He built it. <laughs> now then, like, honestly, but if real yeah. life that happened, you're like, boy, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> could you let go of anything? But like, you know... Love, love is a really important and and mm-hmm. love not even in the romantic sense. Like even mm. I'd say for friendships, yeah, you know, like if you have somebody that you feel like is like your brother or your sister, and you would defend mm-hmm. them, and they happen to be somebody that maybe some other person, other important uh, person in your life might look at and be like, they are problematic. I will yeah. not have you be friends with a gay person. Yeah. I'll not have you be friends with some person, red, yeah. a white person from the south. Like we're yeah. gonna look at all these different people through the lenses that we have at that Mm -hmm. moment and make decisions and make judgments. Mm -hmm. And like, what are you going to do? That's why I think life is like this, bring it meta again, because what I do, (laughs) but like we, we have all these different choices to Mm -hmm. make. And this is us as creatives. And like, we're writing the story. Like, well, where do you go? Mm -hmm. What's the choice? What are you going to make? And, um, sometimes there's, I think the overarching theme of this, this conversation is sometimes it's going to require a difficult conversation with yourself Mm -hmm. and or another person probably both and um and that's that's so healthy like that is that is i can't i can't stress how healthy it is to actually have those difficult conversations and come out of the end of the other side of those conversations and be like you know it wasn't that bad you like you have the difficult conversation you see where they're coming from you may agree or disagree they may change their mind they may not they may hell they may dig the grave deeper in terms of yeah i was right i know i like it, <laughs> it proves exactly why i was right but you have the conversations you get where the other side is coming from mm-hmm. and then now you've come out of that and you can say okay i understand it and you get to analyze it a little bit further from that perspective and yours and and come up with you know a verdict that could be favorable. That could that could progress things, and I, I do. So I I think that those difficult conversations, in in every aspect of the light of our lives, you know, they're uncomfortable, and 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 you know, we don't want to do it, and most of us don't want confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we 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 steer of that, and especially the kind of uh, inflammatory reactions that happen. Uh, over everything today is we become less inclined to even approach having these, these conversations. And, um, I, I just think it's just so unhealthy. It's, it's unhealthy because the only thing that I feel like then is, is kind of floating around is, is half truths and misinformation and, and things like this just on everyday life. It's like, we go around thinking these are the, thing, the way things are because you know, this is the way things are. And if somebody says, no, it's actually not, but they can't say, no, it's not because of whatever may be happening and so then you just have kind of this cloud of 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 smoke and mirrors kind of in society that nobody really knows they just are like that's what seems to be the normal thing so that's what i'm gonna think and blah 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 for sure so yeah for sure yeah so cross that bridge you Mm -hmm. know just take a chance i think it especially you know you have to start all huge and 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 epic and dramatic i think small conversations can Mm -hmm. really be helpful and and to bring back with the that you know my my friend that you know we dated once upon a time mm-hmm. and you know had this really great connection mm-hmm. we're friends now good yeah. and um i actually you know he moved away and like mm-hmm. he's he's living his life and mm-hmm. figuring out where he was he's on his own journey of mm-hmm. like figuring out what what he wants to do not mm-hmm. just like career wise but with his faith and yeah. all of us are yeah. as was i i was most certainly on like this very unique 
I don't know why. Like, I, again, I could write an anthology. This kind of scares me about all the different people I've dated. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is on a really different path. Yeah. And I had to respect where he was coming from yeah. after I got to get over my hurt feelings. Because mm-hmm. we ended it in a pretty sad way. Like, mm. um, I was I was pretty upset. And mm. I, I ended it. Um but I think I did – the decision, I think, was right – what was right for me. I'm glad that I kind of honored the fact that, mm-hmm. like, the way this was going, it didn't seem like it was in a in a way that was positive for the both of us. Yeah. You know, and I made the call. But we, we revisited that thing. We, like, mm-hmm. regrouped because thanks, Instagram. You know, but we, we talked again. And yeah. then, you know, at a different time, like, like over a year later, you know, he, like – we're we're friendly and i was like and i got to even like see him in person and we got to catch up and i was like dang like we even from a year ago have come Mm -hmm. a long way in our lives Mm -hmm. but then i got to also readdress stuff and i like got to say in when i was over the Mm -hmm. the feelings and feeling slighted and feeling like who the hell does that to somebody Mm -hmm. like i'm tired of this like i'm trying and you're not trying and and how, how did that that when you reconnected and had those conversations, how did that then make you feel about so much better? Yeah, so yeah. much better. And that's the thing. There's still a few like unfinished conversations in my life mm. that are still like increasingly bothering me. Mm. So now I feel like I need to like mm. figure out a way to readdress them, whether that's yeah. going to happen in like a letter format. But yeah. small, com- you know, with that, we dated for mm. like a few months. So I feel like the stakes were not as high mm. and we had not been through like a whole ton together, but it was a significant moment. It was mm. worth talking about mm. and it did weigh on my mind Mm -hmm. and i i wasn't like happy with how that went or the fact that i felt like maybe he thought that i had all these feelings that i ended it Mm. being irrational like Mm -hmm. no i kind of wanted to explain myself like look this is why this hurt this Mm -hmm. is why this sucked and also to like get over the fact that i was hurt and hear where he was coming Mm -hmm. from and understand what a hard position he was in to like try to grapple with his family like you know like really hear it and Mm -hmm. because it's after I'm less emotionally invested. Of course. Like, yeah. I hear it in a whole different format. So, yeah. You, yeah. you have you know, that perspective. That, that, um, perspective. What's that line in Frozen? Uh, the Frozen song, Let It Go, you know, um, where things look different. Far, or You have a different perspective when they're farther away. Further away, yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, you do. You step back from it. And just like in my relationship, it was the same thing. I had to take a step back and reflect on, like, and and yeah you you know and we i think i think me and her are, are do a conversation just of kind of clearing some things up but um if <gasps> if this prompts a conversation where you get to oh, talk to me you know good. maybe it is maybe it is you know maybe it is but maybe it's not maybe we'll, not. we'll see we'll see you know in, in time in time in time courage know. dear hearts yeah this this, this 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 isn't a movie so you know <laughs> in the movie you know right after this i've run and say i'm talking to her you know, but, but um, also, but also, <laughs> um, you, you could, yeah, that's true. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it, it like I said, it's good. It's great again to have, to have the conversation. And, um, uh, lately I get, I'm always, especially with everything going on, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to shut off my overanalyzation of just why things are the way they are. Why this, why that, like, why are things so bad? Why are they so extreme now? Why can't we just, you know, to get to a place to where we we can just be civil and and have civil discourse and all that type of stuff and just why 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 and so it's good to kind of take a step back and just just kind of clear that 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 noise for a second and and really get to the grassroots of of who we are and, and what we want as as people what what we actually want and the the funny thing about all of it is you know 
all of us are trying to get to the same place of some type of joy or happiness or whatever it is that I love you know and and the funny thing about life is it's not a steady plane it's you're it's just a, it's a constant incline and if you're not going forward you're going to be rolling backwards. Like there's, there's no like just steady plateau that you can just have. And like, it's, it's crazy that way. And so, um, I think it, it, again, it all comes from us wanting to continue to grow and being honest about that growth. And that that's all an internal kind of reflection on ourselves that we have to, to look at. So yeah, yeah. You know, Byron, awesome. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I appreciate you too, girl. Yeah, we had such a good therapy session. We did. Oh, yes. No, but um, it's all Thank coming you. from a place of love. Yes, it is. Yes, and, it is. Um, you I know. Pre- I, pre- I really do appreciate you having me. And um, I'm, I'm so proud of everything that you've done, what you've overcome. I mean, the things that you've done literally amaze me. And I'm I'm so inspired by it. It's, it's crazy. So, like, and, and this is not just trying to toot your horn. Like, I really... All of the stuff that you've accomplished is is even when when you first told me about collaboration and you kind of you, you spoke of it as if oh, it's just this thing I'm doing, this collaboration thing. And I'm just like, like, girl, you are running an entire like organization and it's not just something and it's just grown to this this massive, massive, uh, beautiful kind of collective thing that that uh brings so much joy to so many people and it connects so many people and uh you know you're part of that that spearheading of that and i think that's something to be proud of so thank you yeah but as long as we're doing love fest yes no i think byron you know you you (laughs) you have a light and you have that you're putting an, your an analytical mind to mm. use. And that's Thanks. what I respect about you. That's what I respect about a lot of the people that I continue to meet mm. that um, we're not just containing our thoughts and our feelings in mm-hmm. our in our brains and inside of yeah. us, that there are impacts that we can make on a very, very seemingly microscopic level. Mm-hmm. But every script that you write and mm. every conversation that you're having mm. helps somebody expand their mind or expand mm. their heart or expand their possibility uh, for themselves. That is like, you cannot put a price tag on that. You can't quantifiably say like, oh, you did, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, that's, that, that's something so priceless. And so I, I think you're doing really, Uh, really great things. And the fact that, the fact that you even got knocked on your ass and you were like, how am I supposed to get back up? You did, you Mm -hmm. know, and then you kept writing and now, you know. Now you got different problems because <laughs> yeah, now, different now, you problems. Rep- now now we're represented by like big, big agencies, big agencies like, and you know that's telling you you're not writing enough. <laughs> so but you yeah. need to get off this podcast and go write. Yeah, I know, I know. I gotta I gotta leave. So you know, yeah, but, yeah. No, but I, I it's an inspiration to me too. Uh, and thanks. it's really cool to be in the company of people who mm. have the intention. Mm. Like it's not even just like you just go out there and do stuff. Like mm-hmm. you have a purpose of why yeah. you're trying to do something to yeah. like help people have a voice or like Yeah see a story that they never seen before mm-hmm. to be entertained to laugh to cry mm-hmm. to be turned on to like whatever so that we live so that mm-hmm. we're like a, a like a brighter version of ourselves of course. that is something i think is really really phenomenal i appreciate that thank so, you so keep it up we keep checking in yes. thank you for we we went through a lot of different uh important uh parts of life in this conversation yeah. and i hope that whoever's listening you know if you have some that you're going through, which I think, you know, all of us are in, mm. in our various ways. Um, you are not alone. It's always a reminder. You're not alone. Um, other people, we're, we're all fighting a good fight. 
Make sure yeah. it's a good fight. <laughs> don't yeah. and don't hurt other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't hurt yourself either. Yeah, don't hurt yourself either. <laughs> don't hurt just I'm gonna listen to Beyonce now. Aww. Um but yeah, Byron, where can people find more of you? Like if they wanna follow you, your work, your journey? Um, they can you know, I got the Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um Coco Gold underscore well Coco underscore gold number seven. Coco underscore gold seven. That's the actual handle. Um and uh yeah, they can they can look on there. I also have a website, uh the Byron James dot com. Uh so T H E B Y R O N J M E S dot com. Keep so, an eye out, man. Yeah, Byron's making good good things happen. Oh, thank you, thank you. And Thanks a bunch for having me on 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 your podcast. Of course. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, this was this was fun, and and I look forward to to hearing more voices on here and yours as well, and and seeing kind of how this whole thing takes off for everybody. Let's go. Let's do it. Time to share some stories, guys. <laughs> All right. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, uh, yeah, share it with a friend. Uh, leave a five star review. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. You can find me on iTunes, Apple po- Apple Podcast, same thing. Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else that you find podcasts. And thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro outro. And shout out to the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers i love you guys thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and your thoughts and your art love y'all um and that's it for this week's episode of first of all i will catch you guys soon take care bye i got this all up on my linkedin proficient in spitting turning red when i'm drinking emancipating pussy like i was Dave lincoln squirting out that kool-aid a lot of that just sink it sink it We're still here, and we're going strong. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.